Behind every good story is an interesting person. This is Person of Interest with Q102's Jeff Thomas. All right, here we go. Another week, another episode, and Person of Interest producer Natalie Jones has wrangled down a good one this week. She's going to be talking with Stevie Carr, who is formerly with P&G, now at UC Health. This is a woman changing what it means to be a professional. Stevie will talk about her West Side roots, her UC education, and what she's up to now as she combines all her forces into the next big thing for working women in our city, the Wise Wellness Guild. Join Natalie and Stevie now as they pave the way for what's to come, ladies. This is for you. Welcome to Person of Interest. I'm very excited for this week. I am here with a really amazing woman. Your name is Stevie Carr, formerly Stevie Gable. That's right. That's how I know you. So we met in college, actually. Uh, we were in a sorority. We were Thetas together. Hey, Theta. Um, I lasted one year, but I think you stayed in all, all of the years. I sure did. Yeah, sure I did. was just one. I tried it, um, hit it hard and fast, and then moved on, you know? I feel like I didn't even know that you were only one year. I thought um, you were around well, <laughs> for I, all the years. Well, I was uber involved. In the one year that I was there, <laughs> I lived in the house. I was on the... I had to wear a cloak and give roll call, roll call and I, I never pronounced one word correctly in Greek. <laughs> and I was a sweetheart of a fraternity, and I just volunteered for everything, and it was like just all about it. Then you're like, I'm out. Yeah. Bye. Can't do like, this anymore. Actually, I don't really know. So um, That's great. Okay, so Stevie, you're, I asked you to come on this week because, you know, like you are a woman who I've always idolized personally and professionally from a distance. Because after college, we, I moved away. We yep. went our separate ways. Mm-hmm. And you are, I feel like, if two polar opposites of life can go ways from a sorority or from life in general. Like, I went off and did all of these crazy things and pretty much lived out of my car for like a decade. Mm-hmm. And you went to Procter & Gamble and had a very successful branding, marketing career, yep. you say. And now, why don't you tell us a little bit about, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So now we've come back together in our yeah. lives. I think is amazing, like really come full circle. And then through this time, I've learned a lot about you. So tell us where you're from. Yeah, sure. So I'm a West Sider from yeah, the girl. West Side of Cincinnati. Me Get too. it? Uh, so grew up in Bridgetown um, and honestly had a super amazing childhood, you know, just had um, running around barefoot in the backyard and really grew up feeling super like connected in my community um mm. went to um you know decided that i was going to blow this small town though right in mm. cincinnati and wanted to get out and uh ended up doing a um, a tour at uc and loved it you know i kind of just felt at home and ended up going to the dat program design um five years where i met my husband um where i met natalie oh, yeah. yeah and just um i i really wanted to um really understand more about what that difference in experience was. You know, I grew up with a pretty sheltered West Side life, which, you know, was great for me. Mm. And then get to this college experience and I had all these different types of people and types of women and men and people who didn't identify as any of those pronouns, yeah. you know, and <laughs> and just had uh, such an incredible diverse experience that, you know, getting, um, you know, deciding to join P&G after college was a really important experience for me because it allowed for me to have access to different types of cultures and people and my first gig out of school was in consumer insights and i got to travel all across the world the the first job that i ever had i never had left the country until after i graduated college um 
and we I, I backpacked for like six weeks around Europe yeah. um, and that was my first time when I was like I'm just gonna wear you know basically wear the clothes that I have on my back and roll around you know um, we went to Prague Italy um, uh, Switzerland France and uh, came back I remember I had like three euros left when I came back yeah. and I was like I did it right okay <laughs> and awesome. I, I that was my first taste into kind of this the world and more the way people live differently but it was just a little snippet so my first role was actually you know I got to travel everywhere and I, I went to the Philippines about a month into working there mm-hmm. and that was my true taste into how people live differently and uh i went into this village um outside of manila and there were people literally living in tents and they had it was the dollar of the day mentality where you sometimes had to choose between buying you know an egg or uh, milk or a diaper for your kid and so that disparity really kind of opened my eyes to how uh companies have such a they have such a way of building brands um to help people make the right decisions um but do it in a way that it can be really meaningful uh mm-hmm. for families and and pricing is super important right because not everybody has the same opportunities and it just it was a it wasn't just about the logo or the icon anymore it was about what brands mean in people's hearts and minds and so yeah. that kind of just catalyzed my career in this branding space and helped me understand i think really what what makes me tick which is humans i just love humans i love like understanding who they are at their core so that's yeah so going into i feel like i had a similar experience i went to cambodia and it changed it really changed my life really makes you realize like how lucky you are to live in america that's amazing you know yeah and like um, I just feel so fortunate. You really do, you know, because you take so much for granted. We complain about like the air conditioning not working in our cars or, yeah. you know, like think about how many steps you are away from that person that, you know, is you get a dollar a day yeah. and that's really it. I know. And, but you know, the, the great thing is about that whole experience is they're still happy people, right? Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, so jovial and happy to be able to provide for their families and able to, you know, just have this sense of community. And um, so bringing, you know, being able to do that across the world, P&G just really provided such a great opportunity to be able to have insight into people's lives and know that, you know, it's okay. We're all different and we're all kind of going after success in a different way. But at the core, who we are as humans, we're all just looking for that same sense of satisfaction, I think, right? That we're all just really, you know, wanting to do better than the generation before and just trying to be, you know, good people at the end of the day. And our versions of what that is, it just looks a little different. Did you like Mm -hmm. your time at P&G? Can we talk about this for a second? So I must say, as someone who's never worked there, um, you know, it seems like from outsiders, like there's this whole like, PNG community or whatnot, you got to get in. And I must say, from our friends in college, there were a bunch in like the yeah. in our group that mm-hmm. like started. Y'all started in there really early. Yeah, and like, it was. It was honestly, through. I always say it was the best MBA I ever got. And you know, it just yeah. was uh, the the. It taught me what great company culture looked like, um, and that I what to expect. I think uh, my expectations are incredibly high because. You know, they know how to do it right. They know how to build businesses. They know how to treat people with respect. Um, their value system is just so, at the, you cannot work there without having an alignment in your value system. And yeah. I think that um, that for me will always kind of set the stage for what my expectations are. And, and quite frankly, showed me what's possible. I mean, these guys were like candle and soap makers, right? Back yeah. in the 1800s. And I think that you just, um, 
you it shows you that it's possible to build an empire out of like just starting with those two things that really anybody could do right anybody mm-hmm. could you know create a bar of soap or anybody could create a candle today you could do that at your house yeah. but what makes it truly amazing is the is the human touch and the branding piece that really allows for you to see the possibility of how you grow, um, how you really grow a brand. And they really, they care a lot about the growth of you as an individual too. Um, so as I as I build my company, that's something that I will always, you know, be just that's what servant leadership is. You worry about the people in order to keep them. You know, mm-hmm. you always worry about whether they're going to leave the company. But a lot of companies don't think about, well, like if they stay, are they growing and are they making your company better and are they reinvesting back into you? So um, I was so fortunate for my time there. Uh, but I knew when it was time to go, you know, and try something different. And I've always wanted to own my own company. So, you know, when it was time to leave, it was time to leave and kind of moving a step closer to that and really understanding a new industry. And so it became uh, pretty clear to me, you know, at a certain point in life when you just you kind of feel like, okay, you've outgrown this and it's Mm -hmm. time to move on. And um, you and I've talked about this, you know, yeah, what metaphor did you use before you used it? You know, you, you know, when it's done, you ring it out and you move on. Right. And I I thought that was exactly exactly yeah you gotta drop it and move on exactly um so you said building an empire so does that that's you're someone who wants to do so you are an empire builder i want to yeah you can just tell that from you like being in your presence and i must say like i'm like girl fanning right now stevie was the girl in that i was always so impressed of because you're in dap in college so i know you in college right and you were just you did you were so involved in all these really serious things and did them all so well and someone like me i'm like i'm just telling jokes and i'm a coach and i volunteer but to me you're always like so serious it's something that can i could never achieve you know and you're so down to earth underneath it all thank you you which i think is like the core well, the fan the fangirl is right back at you now because that's the whole thing is we we couldn't be more different i think in in like our approach but where we're landing mm. i think is the part that's so cool right yeah. because when you're authentically you and you bring your whole self i think that that's the piece of you know you you and I, i've talked about this to so many of my of the women that i mentor and kind of who i surround myself with is the process of being authentic is so the authenticity is such a buzzword right of like really just embracing who you are and figuring out even who that is Mm -hmm. and i think that the more you can just own it and be the that person and live into it i think has actually brought us back to this point right of like my approach has just been different uh and the the choices of career path that i've made which have been more conventional in the sense of uh, of being in service to where i'm actually supposed to go and um so for me building this empire is something that I never five years ago would have talked about, you know, because for me, that's taboo. Are you supposed to say that as a woman in business, right? Are you supposed to say that you want to be a mogul or that you want to own, you know, that you really see yourself at the same level as, you know, other men who have made it, you know? And I, I look at, you know, Beyonce always talks about, she's got a song about that, right? Like <laughs> in the, the Black Bill Gates, you know? I just mm-hmm. like think it's so amazing that we're in a generation now where women can say that without being held um, 
without, you know, being held in a regard that it's is distasteful. And so for me, yeah, I want that. I want to be able to do this and I want to be able to do it for women in particular. You know, I think that we, for so many years, um, what I learned in PNG is, you know, consumer is boss and women are, you know, the people who are consuming products and they're the household decision makers. But the reality of it is this world wasn't built for women, right? This world was built for men and we've lived into that. And I think that it's time that we start to unpack some of the decisions that we've been making along the way mm-hmm. and making those decisions um, and being being accountable for our own happiness too and really kind of stop and saying second guessing why we do things and the way that we live and the things that we say and the way we act i think is like you've really inspired me to kind of say like am i you know why what are my motivations of doing these things what are they in service of and like being grateful for the opportunities that you've been given but also understanding that maybe we don't always have to do the things we're asked to do or look the certain way that we want to you know that we are asked to look because it's just easier for other people and um so those are the types of things i'm really interested in getting into is like let's dig into real human motivations and start to unpack how women can just live better lives and be their be the people that we know, you know, be the people we can be and run the world, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that there, there's a lot in what you just said and what stuck out, I would like to touch base on first. It's how you said we like want to live and be a certain way because it's easier for other people. Mm-hmm. That's a great perspective to really like say out loud. Yeah. Like, wow, I never really thought about that, but it's so true, mm-hmm. you know? I think that the, the way that people you know, society in general creates cultural norms. I think Mm -hmm. of, of us and, um, you know, one that I learned, one of my favorite brands I always worked on was always discreet. Okay. And always discreet is an adult incontinence brand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Super not sexy. Right. (laughs) Uh, but my favorite brand I ever worked on because a couple of reasons, one, I got the best team ever, like just of innovators, people that purely were in it for the consumer, mm-hmm. but two because you know the the consumer itself was like she's amazing. She's you know in her fifties, sixties, seventies. This woman that has been kind of cast off by society, right? And so she's not of childbearing age anymore. And so society has kind of said, well, as an aging woman, you have to act a certain way, you have to dress a certain way, you have to you know you have to play this role. And mm-hmm. I think that there's something that I really learned about just women um, of that age is that there is this underground uh, confidence that kind of comes with that of just having society look at you in the face and you feel that very bluntly and you decide what to do with it. You either accept it or you shift it and you change it. And you've got women, uh, you know, that are that are making strides in this area. But I mean, it's probably one of the areas that you you see the most overcompensation for. Right. Like we've all seen the woman walking down the street, you know, um, in, in our minds, like, you know, you've got a very conventional 60 something year old woman who is beautiful, who's like wearing very 60 somethings approach. Right. Mm-hmm. And then a uh, uh, clothing. And then you've got women like Batty Winkle or whatever. But, you yeah. know, so who's just like, <laughs> I'm going to wear what Miley Cyrus wears and yeah. I'm just going to embrace it. And because this is how I feel. And, you know, you've got um, people moving into this next stage of their lives. They're like Woodstock kids. Right. They yeah. all went and they, they were free love. And then you expect for them to be this certain vision that we all put them into this box for and um they there's so many of them that are just deciding to not do that and it's 
it's pretty cool to see it happen. And mm-hmm. um, they were they've been along, especially women have been along the journey for so many years of different iterations of this women's empowerment movement. Uh, but they, you know, kind of they set the stage and now they're the ones kind of screaming it from the loudest to finally like it's here, uh, but it's their version of it. And we, you know, women in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s have our own version of it too. And um, so I just think that, you know, there's, it's really amazing to kind of, it could be easier to just live into what people think that you should do as you are a woman and, you know, this cultural norm or, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit lonely uh, by making the decision to not do that. But I think for the betterment of people around you, you know, being able to see you walk your own walk, I think is really what's kind of cool what's happening today. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And like you're talking about women's empowerment movement that's been going on forever. Mm -hmm. Not forever since we'll we'll just stay for, you know, in our in our personal lifetimes. So where do you fall into that now? So tell yeah. us about your next venture. So you're from the West Side, mm-hmm. and then um, you went to college at UC, mm-hmm. and then how many years at PNG? About a decade at PNG. About a decade yep. at PNG, and now now I'm at UC Health. So UC Health, yeah. So UC Health, um, working on uh, building their brand and kind of shifting perception there. Okay, mm-hmm. you're a perception shifter. So what? Tell us about your next project. Yeah, so uh, Wise Wellness Guild is uh, building a community supporting the advancement of women through whole self wellness. Um, So what does that mean? That means that um, as women, we've been making strides um, in this women in leadership roles space and really trying to empower women to live their lives more wholly. Um, but what is the challenge is that there is a McKenzie study that's been out that um, shows something along the lines of 0.2% of women in leadership roles. Um, we, we made advancements, but really through all of this conversation, there's been very little action. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple of hypotheses around this. Um, one is that, you know, uh, women are getting to these um, these spaces and their their lifestyle around them, uh, work-life balance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as they call it, they coined it, um, isn't allowing for them to really be um, able to take on these leadership roles. And they're, they're either taking a step back or they're uh, taking lateral moves like outside of the company mm-hmm. to be able to manage that. Um, another theory, which is the one I subscribe to, is that before they even get to that space, when you're in middle management, uh, women aren't taking care. They're taking care of their careers. They're making they're having to make a choice between work and life. So mm-hmm. it's workless work life balance creates this divide and you have mm-hmm. to choose one or the other at some points in order to make sure that the sum of the parts, so, you know, it balances out. The challenge for me on that is that um by constantly trying it, it's pitting them against each other and I really think about it as being more centered because if you are chasing this dream and this ambition but you're backburnering the rest of your life your actual wellness right yeah. your uh, physical mental social wellness how much you're sleeping at night all of that is in service of this vessel that you have and you know you have to be strong enough to punch if you're going to break the glass ceiling and i think impacting people like in middle management Mm -hmm. that's what's impeding people people are getting burnt out or discouraged before they even get to that leadership role so they're not even getting the opportunity or the seat at the table and i think we've got a lot of people who are really supportive especially in my life i've been very uh, fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of male counterparts that are incredibly supportive of me and my career the challenge is 
I have to find ways to manage my life and manage my personal well-being first in order to be able to even take advantage of those opportunities. Can I stop you for a second? This is really, um, really powerful and it speaks to me and in so many ways. So I know for me personally, I have been just um, chasing life and I feel like crushing and just doing in a go, go, go mind frame forever. (laughs) And everything seemed like, uh, something I was excited to do, but I would create responsibilities for myself to achieve and goals set always about a certain dollar amount or a fundraiser or how many people could I get in the door, et cetera, et cetera, right? And I never thought about my personal life. And now many of the women that I know since I've been home are moms and they have never thought about their professional life or it's just mm-hmm. like, it's so black and white, right? Exactly. And so now me personally, I'm single and I don't have any kids and I feel now I have this um, big, like, uh, cloud over my head that, oh, man, if I want to have kids now, um, I have to stop um, busting my career like I have been, and I'm already 34, I'm going to be 35, like, what to do? Mm-hmm. And you're creating a space that's, like, blending it all. You're creating a new normal. We have to. And that's when I, I kind of talk about, you know, women, and we need more women in leadership roles to help craft the life that makes it cap- that makes it the ability to for mm-hmm. any of us to succeed in this space and being able to do it isn't just about um it it shouldn't have to be a choice and that's yeah. my personal opinion is the world isn't going to live or die by one person's kind of decision to raise a child or not right like in, mm-hmm. in that you know your career path um should be able to accommodate you as a strong woman and also afford you the opportunity to have a family. And I think that there's the, by saying the balance portion, I think it's, it, like I said, it it assumes that there's, you know, you talk to the really successful women, so many of them have help and they, they outsource Mm -hmm. a lot. Not everybody has the financial ability to outsource, right? So how do you create the conditions to allow for people to create this more fluid integration, uh, but also allow for you to have the tools and the skill set that like I PNG, I was fortunate they fed that to me. Not everybody has that. Actually, nobody does. So really like PNG's best in class at that of like allowing for you to even have the right conversation with yourself about what what vision do you have for your life and how do you back into that and and create a glide path for that so when did you what was what happened in your life that made you want to go down the path you're on now yeah so um i as my some of my background is uh my son's adopted Mm -hmm. um and so he was born addicted to opioids and so he was uh born at uc medical center and he's actually oh He's great, actually. Okay. It was yeah. like a, from the time that we said that we wanted to adopt to the time that he was born, um, he was, um, it was t- a little over two months um, that we were, had to like kind of prepare to be parents. So, mm-hmm. um, and our adoption agency, Adoption Link was amazing. Like they kind of just helped to kind of get us like prepared to be parents. But yeah. for me, before that, I had the same struggle of, I want to, I want to be a mogul, right? I want to create this empire how do I do that with also like wanting having this yearning to raise an incredible human? And mm-hmm. so like that's the that was the balance for me. And I kind of said, you know what? Like I want to be the one to do it. Like I'm if anybody can do it, Stevie, you can figure it out. And so um 
in two months gave me very little time to change my mind, right? Yeah. That's the way that in life, like I do everything fast. I've been nicknamed Ferrari for a reason, right? <laughs> I just go, we figure it out. Yeah. So, um, you know, that for me became the catalyst. He's, um, you know, he is, um, he's three and a half now. Um, and so, you know, bef- right before this time, I started to have a lot of, co- I was leading a lean in circle at the time um, at PNG. And, you know, we talked about women, there was women talking about leaning out and being moms and like wanting to just kind of be in this space. And I said, that's great. Like, that's your decision. That's your life. You've got this very comfortable career. Like, that's not my path, though. My mm-hmm. path is like, I have a, I know that I can be a catalyst for change. And mm-hmm. I feel like, I'm being judged for like wanting to say that and be a mom because people are always going to think like, oh, she can, there's no way she can be a good a good mom and be this like high powered businesswoman. She's going to have to like, you know, her son's going to be with a nanny all the time or her husband's going to have to take a step back. And none of that is true. Actually, this is this narrative that we've created for ourselves that of these can'ts and do nots. And it's about saying no to other things. Right. Like I might not be. Um, on the PTA. I might not decide because I might not find value in that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. He's three. So I who knows what I want right now. Yeah. Right now, I, I know I choose to spend the time with him that I do on like dancing around our kitchen island and kind yeah. of so anyways, I digress. So that so really about uh, four years ago is when I really started to think about this seriously and kind of said, you know, I think that I can make this happen and do this. And it's taken me that long to get to this place because yeah. of the the fear of judgment, I think mm-hmm. of really uh, creating this space and, and frankly, meeting the right people. It's mm-hmm. unpacking the all the untruths and phantom rules that we create for ourselves and um, understanding what all of those are for people. And, you know, I've met so many incredible women through all of this that you would not believe how many people, I mean, we're all going through the same stuff. And that mm-hmm. that's the common truth that I found is, you know, you might, we might all look different on the outside in our career, pa- career paths or not, you know, like stay at home mom is a career, right? Yes. And it's a really important very one and so. um, very much even more so than a full-time job. And so, that for me, I think is the thing that kind of led to all of this like culminating now is I officially was, I was trying to build this and I was trying to work at UC Health and I found myself in total burnout mode. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, I kind of realized I wasn't taking care of my personal well-being, my mental health. I was um, not, I didn't feel like I was being a great mom. I felt like I was, you know, trying to do all the things. I was trying to be everything to everybody. And it was like the, just the straw that kind of broke it all. And you kind of looked, I looked at myself and said, Stevie, you've been trying to build this thing for forever. And it's the very thing that's actually like, it's tearing you down because you're not taking care of everything else. And so um, it really inspired me, you know, to kind of just move forward and say that this is important. I know I'm not the only one going through this. And um, frankly, like if, if I'm going to make a change in my life, I'm at a, I'm 34. I'm at a place where, you know, who knows what, how much time we have left. And, um, you know, I really wanted to be able to do this for me, for my son, for women, you know, who are struggling with the same sort of balance. And, you know, I think giving people a sense of community to have open and honest conversations with each other because we've been trying mm-hmm. to do this but alone. We're doing it in silos, right? We're doing yeah. it alone for so long. Well, you know, I, what I think is great is that you said, like, all these women you've met, we're all going through the same thing. I know I have so much in common with my friends, like my sister-in-law, Megan, her and I are best friends. And mm-hmm. She's a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. She has four kids. And every a lot of times I 
well, you know, we vent, we're women, we vent to yeah. each other about stuff. And she goes through the same, she goes through the same thing I t- tell her about like, you know, I'm going through change and sometimes I feel lost because I'm so burnt out on trying to uh, manage and compartmentalize everything in my life. And I'm single. I don't even have a dog, but I had like overwhelm myself with work yes. and life. Right. And she's and you, you kind of feel lost. And she's and she said, I, I agree. I'm right there. I have. Mm-hmm. You know, you, your life is your kids. It's your house. You wake up one day and you're like, I haven't showered in three days. I forgot. Like, where is the fourth kid? I don't know. And then you lose who you are. And you're like, really what do. happened? Where do I make these decisions? Like, if I have a free day now, what am I even going to do? Right. You know, like, how do I make these decisions? And I feel like it's so easy. We all think we're so strong because we do all these other things. And then at some times, I think it's really... You're like giving breath to the place that's like, it's okay to not know and be really like get lost in it some days. And like, I feel like the, str- like, so, like the straw, uh, wait, what is it? The straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. That moment has to happen. It really does. Um, and I think that even, so it, when it gets to the place where it's igno- one acknowledging that, um, that we all feel this, right? Yeah. The one acknowledging the fact that, um, you know, we all and there's this whole culture around mom culture right now of us all, um, you know, making fun of the fact that like we go into the bathroom and like text our friends and like yeah. uh, my I have a girlfriend not to be named, but um, she calls it uh, what is it? Wine o'clock or something where at like five yeah. o'clock all of her girlfriends go into their closets, close the door and they have like a bottle of wine <laughs> and they all they all FaceTime each other. And like, and like it's amazing, right? Like they like that's funny. But like she yeah. would only. And so here's the thing, like we're fortunate to have these people. There's so many women that live in this hustle mentality, mm-hmm. are stay-at-home moms, are new to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the people who live these very fast-paced lives, very dynamic lives, but don't have a social group to be able to have these conversations with. Yeah. And that, for me, is the part that I really open my eyes to. When you're, you know, for me, I, I consider myself to be oftentimes the strongest woman um, in my social group. Mm-hmm. A lot of people look to me for advice. I carry, a, and I'm a deep empath, right? So I carry all of that with mm-hmm. me like a back pack I'm like gosh I'm always thinking about other people yeah and how I can help make their lives better but um but you know it not a lot when you find yourself in that position not a lot of people ask you how you're doing yeah and I really think that that's important for us to be able to create a community to be able to have these real conversations because not all of us have that opportunity to bounce something and really sometimes yeah. they're easy conversations on like hey my kid like doesn't want to eat anything except for cottage cheese and like that's it like that's yeah. literally all the whole eat right now and so you need somebody to look at you and be like your kid's eating it's fine like it's <laughs> totally cool like we're not going to worry about vegetables like just do it um and and that makes you feel better right you're like okay i'm on the right track or it's you know something more serious like hey you know i'm really struggling with this thing in my marriage or hey like i have a friend who shared this really awful news with me but like only shared it with me what do i do with this i'm concerned for her safety Mm -hmm. um you know we 
we are all going through the same stuff. Somebody has been through this and we just need to be able to support each other. We're, we're going at it all wrong because we're going at it alone or we're having these intimate conversations with just people in the same social circles when really with the collective, like women are amazing and we really do run the world, but we do it in such a way that we run these little bubbles and mm-hmm. we really need to be more open with our gifts. And I think sharing it with other people and solution minded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that for me, I always talk about this with financial literacy. Um, my friend Bree and I talk about this. She's um, works at Fifth Third, and I joke because I'm like, "Yep, I know that I get um, money into my 401k like every month, and like I'm, I'm and I, I don't know where it goes. My husband could yeah. just be siphoning it off and starting a second <laughs> family. Like who knows? And I like I should know that as an educated 34 year old, I should yeah. be aware of like what's happening with my savings and how much well that's going. Well, like I'm embarrassed to say that in front of other people, yeah. and I can't be the only one that has no idea what's going on with their yeah, finances. Right. <laughs> you say that. You know. Can I ask you? Do you have moments where you feel really proud of yourself? Yeah. And your journey. And yeah. Like, and some people. I have a friend who who says like, I hate the word journey. <laughs> but do you? You know. You say like. Yeah. Do you, are are you proud of yourself? Oh my gosh, I am. I I and it's been. This is a. I'll say journey. This mm-hmm. has been my own personal journey is yeah. I am so dissatisfied with the status quo. Um, yeah. And I had a, a mentor Amen. of mine say that to yeah. me that I my biggest fatal flaw is that I do not stop and reflect a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think about you know, the the times when I'm really proud or when I can look at somebody one-on-one and I can say like this, like this for me, this is like top, like top 10, okay? <laughs> Sitting here across from you mm-hmm. because I've always idolized you and what you've done because yeah, your path has been so different, yeah. right? But for me, I, I really am... Um, I'm I'm the most proud that I am right now of starting this business because it's the it's my life's work. It's in yeah. if I impact two people or I impact two million people, yeah. um, I want to impact two million, right? And so that's my vision. But if I just impact two, then that's okay. You know, yeah. that's one thing where I'm kind of like that's what it's finally doing things for the right reasons, and I've never been more proud of that. Oh, mm-hmm. good, that's yeah, so well said. Yeah. I just got the chills. Oh, thanks. I feel like women don't celebrate each other or, or or come out and say, I'm really proud of what I've done. Right. You know, a lot of like, um, I would say moms and professionals are like, I feel like this, this conversation doesn't happen where we're, no. where we're, someone will like openly say confidently, like I did that. And I think it's amazing. Right. You know, um, whatever it is that you, whatever whatever it is that you've done or accomplished, I think and- some of that is is female culture. I think some of it's Midwest too. Um, mm-hmm. We are we're such a humble group of people. You know, humility is that currency that you can't really quantify, but it's a th- it's trait that people just genuinely really appreciate. And I think that in certain cult- subcultures of the city, um, you know, co- some corporations, people are bred to speak their um their accomplishments uh but you know that's the thing is like you, you get the combo of women and they have this midwest mentality of like you know j- you know sh- don't what do you say do don't tell you know that yeah. like show me yeah, and yeah. you know let other people kind of build it around each other but i think that you're hitting on something that's so interesting is like it's kind of this 
we should also be more willing to celebrate each other instead of, I think Mm -hmm. sometimes there's this perception that, you know, there's only so much room at the top for women, right? And that we, you know, we can only have so many seats for success and your success is my failure or vice versa. And I think that there's a definite cultural shift happening there where I'm getting so much traction from women who I think previously just didn't really understand what Wise Wellness Guild was. Mm -hmm. And once I tell them, like we should totally you know collaborate on this like yeah. there is no competition there's so much room because we're all in service of the same thing yeah and that's been really amazing to see people i think wanting to celebrate each other shout each other out and um yeah. i'm i really hope that that continues honestly it is pretty cool so mm-hmm. when you say like whole wellness yeah i feel like you're like creating a new foundation yeah. of what it's like to be successful. Right. You know, I mean, success is to each their own, you know? Yeah. I, I, it all depends on what your reward system is, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I could have c- continued to go down this corporate path of like achieve, 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 get, um, you know, uh, title, right? And mm-hmm. like, get you know, get a C-suite title and, and do that, which is great for some people. Like, that's amazing. They should totally do that. Um, I think that for me, like I, um, so a little bit of the background of the science of um, of Wise is I've met this incredible physician at UC Health. Um, her name is Dr. Rana Schatz. Mm-hmm. She's a memory disorders physician. And um, so uh, as I was talking about, you know, building brands and building memory and really understanding experiences and how you create memory through um you know, understanding the five senses and emotion at P&G, that mm-hmm. portion of it. Um, what I really wanted to understand was how do you lose memory? Because I felt like you, re- in order to understand how to build it and build healthy habits, how do you how do you lose that? And she is a world-renowned physician in um, memory disorders and Alzheimer's disease. And what I found through that was fascinating is that actually she talks about brain health and this... Um, the foundation that we have um, in our brains and the different there's three different networks and without getting too nerdy, um, you know, the reality of it is that um, we are making decisions in our 20s and 30s that are impacting our brains when we're in our 60s. And that is when the mm. the onset the onset of Alzheimer's actually begins. Um, so, you know, how much you're sleeping drastically impacts your ability to uh, kind of clear out all of the plaque that you are um, that's adhering to your brain and it's giving the opportunity to organize all the all the experiences that you've had through the day and clear them out and organize and be able to be set for the next day well if you're only sleeping two four hours a night um, it's not offering the opportunity for your brain to do that and to kind of clear it out and so that over time creates um, this cycle of um, an overworked neural network effectively is like that's a dumbed down way to kind of say it Mm -hmm. and so i say all of that because you know Um, As we're learning about this, for me personally, I want women to be able to be around for their families when they get older too, right? So it's about short-term performance to be able to achieve to the next level. The reality of it is, you know, when when we're talking about Alzheimer's, um, Alzheimer's is um, two out of three diagnoses are women, actually. Um, So two out of three Alzheimer's diagnoses are women, okay? So just like that, and so I wanted to, pick into that a little bit and understand 
okay, so why why women? Well, it's all tied to the same thing. We all have this mental load of wanting to care for everybody else and backburnering ourselves. And we're not thinking about how much sugar we're putting into our bodies and mm-hmm. how much we're really impacting our brain's ability to function at its highest level. And it's why, you know, we are, you know, it's it's actually at after you're 60, um, it's two times that of breast cancer um, is the incidence of Alzheimer's, which is nuts to what? think about. So we hear in breast cancer, believe me, impacts so I'm many women. Right, now. right. Don't be terrified. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why we're talking about the short term, you know, kind of tackling it from what we can impact now. But everybody thinks that it can't happen to them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you talk to people who are impacted. I know I've been impacted by Alzheimer's, you know, at a very early age. Um, my grandmother passed away because of it. And I'm sorry. And so is my father's mom. And I, I think about that and I'm like, if this, if you knew that you could prevent it, you mm-hmm. know, what would you do Would like, would, you know, because you, you, nobody wants to be there. And I think that it kind of comes back to, it doesn't get the attention that it needs for a couple of reasons. One, because, you know, that's the future, right? Like we're thinking, oh, that won't happen to me or, oh, I'm in, the, I'm in this moment right now. And right yeah. now this is what I need to survive. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to create a platform of like, let's stop surviving. Like let's get out of survival mode because yeah. we don't have to be survive. Like whoever told us that we had to do all the things that we do in a day, nobody ever told us that, right? Like mm-hmm. the people who are surviving are those $1 a day people in the Philippines, mm-hmm. not us. We live in America, we have choices opportunities and so um and i think that the reality of it is the more that we can start to take care of our health and our personal you know our personal wellness across all of those eight pillars of wellness i think the better off that we will be in terms of being able to live longer healthier lives and more fulfilling lives really that aren't going to be of you know detriment to our our children or the people that come after us Wow, so yeah. health first, really? Yeah, really. I know, and like I said, I know I never like to lead with the scary part because that's the part that everybody goes, "Ah, oh, I don't want to hear it. I'm just trying to survive." But I mean, I think that that's where if you could just do something a little bit, create new healthy habits, mm-hmm. you know, and really focus in on them and create this culture that really wants you to succeed, then like, why wouldn't you do it? Right? Why wouldn't you get on the bus? Wow. So, yeah. Well, Stevie, thank you so much. Thank Stevie you, Stevie Carr. Of the Wise Wellness Guild. Now, give us the give us the rundown of everything. So, yeah. what's going on for this? This launch Great. event is happening super super soon. Tell yeah. Us more so, about that. August twenty fourth, uh, we are having a launch event for Wise Wellness Guild. It's at Three Points Urban, Bre- Urban Brewery in Pendleton, um, uh, which is like the best place in Cincinnati. Yeah, it is. I have been <laughs> a fan since day one, since they opened, and it is just the most beautiful space in the city. I've yeah, I I would agree with you. I think it's it's absolutely amazing and centrally located. Super easy parking mm-hmm. um it's from 10 to 1 you can sign up uh online wisewellnessguild.com backslash events um it's 35 bucks to come uh we've got swag bags we've got a incredible um lineup uh for you uh, a, a community of women um and men actually that are coming out to support this event um and notably you know we've got this incredible panel of women that we're going to be talking with um with each of them about, you know, their journey along wellness and what they've done to kind of help to take control of it, but also know that they're all a work in progress.
progress too. You know, they they will yeah. talk about some of the challenges that they're having that they're facing, um, and some of them, you know, are business owners, um, but also have full time jobs, and some of them are, you know, getting ready to come up on a big milestone birthday, um, and they're kind of like, hey, you know, this is where I'm kind of out of my life. I didn't expect to be here, and yeah. like this is something that I'm personally working on to, you know, kind of try to get better with this part of my life. Um, and so that that will be really fun. And I promise that that's going to be super cool. And then our own Natalie Jones is going to yeah. be keynoting the event, which yeah. is super cool. Um, and do you want to talk a little bit about like your yeah, what you're going to be talking say, about? Yeah, this is like a, this is a really a dream come true for me to awesome. speak in this area and um, in this avenue, and especially like in such a I want to say it's, it's like such a progressive thing that you're doing. You're creating this new normal. And like for me personally, I am, I'm just going to talk about life and my journey and stuff I've been through. And, you know, we're talking about health. I know I moved home. I don't know if anybody knows this. I moved home two years ago because my mom is dying of a terminal neurological disease. And she's the fourth one in her family to go from it. I mean, and it's uncurable. And so when you talk about health, I'm like, I think about that every day. It has to come first. And I even like smoked for so long too, Mm -hmm. but um, it's the most at the end of the day like it is the most important and it will save your life and, really well and your mental being and it's just just so much I'm so honored and just excited <sighs> to be a part of this and can I just say again like what's so great about what you're doing to, I, to further describe how I am in, um, comprehending all of this is like women's place right now what we see in society especially i work in media what i see every day is we're we're trying to outdo each other there's competition whether it is who's the healthiest or who hiked the highest mountain or whose butt looks better in this instagram post or um who's accomplishing more who's a better mom who's putting each other down there's so much competition and this is just saying like who cares about all of that right let's just start with health and like grow from there yeah because ultimately you guys the culture that we that we live in now is tearing us all down absolutely and it's just not working and like with no bias towards no matter what path of life you're going on it's just let's look around like it's just not really working it's not sustainable it's you not. know and and i think that it's a choice right like mm-hmm. it's, i always say success starts with decision and i i want everybody to feel empowered to decide that they want to live a better more fulfilling life and mm-hmm. in order to do that you can't do it alone and frankly yeah. like it needs to be you know lifting each other up to be able to create the culture that we want because it can be super lonely to go at it alone and frankly like the the isolation speaks to the Alzheimer's thing again. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I really appreciate you saying that, Natalie, because I am, I'm so excited about this. And this is, you know, one of many future events. So if people can't yeah. come out on the 24th, then uh, we're going to have another one at the end of September that will be posted online at the same events um, thing, you know, speaking to, uh, you know, really kind of taking uh, Nora Fink. She's a stylist. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's going to be talking about building a wardrobe for life. What that really means is not, just about styling your clothes and how to express your you know your own self-confidence and who you are inside it's really about making choices along the way of what you're going to say no to Mm -hmm. and like how you build that life and you curate your own life in a way that is 
doesn't have to be dramatic. And saying no doesn't always have to be dramatic. It's about um, saying no to things so you can say yes to the things that are really important. And I think creating those personal boundaries around your life and understanding that you are going to be judged for it. Um, Nora is just like an incredible woman and and is going to talk a lot more about her personal ethos on against that. And I know so many people have been clients of hers totally. We all say like all hail Nora. Like she's yeah. just a, an incredible woman. So uh, like I said, the 24th will be great. End of September, the next one. And then we'll have a series of these eventually leading to a physical location that we're working on. Um, it was announced in the Business Courier a couple of weeks ago um, that we are uh, currently accepting pre-applications for, uh, for the space. Um, so thank you for all who have pre-applied. The intent is basically to create this safe space so we can stop setting up shop in other people's houses and create an environment that is uniquely our own. Um, and so you can become a member um online, um, pre-apply. And then once we build the physical location, uh, be able to have, hold all our events there and have co-working, drop-in childcare, fitness, just really healthy food, um, all yeah. of those options to come take a nap. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many women are like, I can't go home during the middle of the day. I like need a nap and I can't go home in the middle of the day because my sitter's there yeah. as a kid. And so they sleep in their car. I'm like, no, oh we'll have God. nap pods. <laughs> like, that's so bad. Don't do that. Uh, so yeah. It's it's good. It's super cool. Like it's just it's. I'm so excited about yeah. it. Um, but yeah, come out the 24th and um and see Natalie in all of her glory and amazingness. And yeah. it's just gonna it's gonna be so beautiful. And everybody yeah. else is there. And I want to really want to emphasize that no matter your path, no matter if you um what kind of job you have, or if you have a job, or if you have a kid, or you don't have a kid, this is for everyone. Yes, all walks of life, exactly. no matter demographic or tax bracket or anything really nothing matters like if you are living breathing and you want to come yes please come absolutely everyone will benefit <laughs> yep and everyone is welcome yep so stevie carr thank you thank you thank you so much thank you natalie and again wise well on a scale the launch event is august 24th at three points urban brewery that's in the pendleton and from 10 to 1 1 p.m yep and we'll see you there great thank you so much thank you all right that's going to wrap it up for this edition of person of interest if you'd like to leave a comment Send us an email to POI, which stands for Person of Interest. That's POI at WKRQ.com. You can also suggest a future person of interest. Until next time, thanks for listening. These are the people behind the stories that matter to you. Thanks for listening to Q102's Person of Interest with Jeff Thomas. Yeah.